Everything is hard before it's easy. Lee Cockrell shared this with me today, among other common sense gems about leadership, consulting, and life. And it got me thinking about how often I overcomplicate my perception of what needs to be done to achieve success in both my work and in my life. And then it made me excited to imagine the ease and flow that's already right there waiting for me if I just focus on the basics. Welcome to the Enough Already podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan. And in every episode, we talk about finding the courage to turn your unique strengths, perspective, and experience into a profitable, purpose-driven consulting or coaching business. My guest, Lee, is the former Executive Vice President of Operations for the Walt Disney World Resorts and currently a business owner himself. He's a consultant, he's an author, he's a speaker. He's going to give you some pragmatic, down-to-earth ideas for developing leaders, improving organizational effectiveness, standing out in the marketplace, winning clients, and achieving success in all aspects of your life. This interview is that powerful. So let's dive in. Well, welcome to the show, Lee. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks. I haven't seen you for a while. It's good to see you. And I'm glad that we get to have this conversation versus the last time I saw you. But the um, So before I get into this conversation with you about your leadership journey, um, I would love for you just to share with the audience just like real quick, like what who you are and what you do and what you're all about. Well, right now I am the former retired executive vice president of Walt Disney World and uh I worked for Disney for 16 years, and before that, I uh, actually in France and in the in Orlando. Before that, I worked for Marriott Hotels for 17 years, and before that, Hilton Hotels for eight years. Before that, I was in the Army, and before that, I was over at Oklahoma State University flunking out. And um, before that, my mother was married five times, <laughs> so she was kind of busy and. We grew up on a farm. We were pretty poor, but I tell people, kids don't know you're poor. As long as you get dinner, life's pretty good. And uh, so she married husband number four who had money. She started making better choices. and <laughs> That's why I went to Oklahoma State, but I, I wasn't a good student. I never paid any attention, and and uh, my parents didn't really uh, make it a priority. So uh, that's important for parents to do that now. And uh, I just worked my way along. I got a job as a waiter, and then I worked and got in a management training program. And Priscilla and I got married. I meet, uh, met my wife, Priscilla, in the office next to mine at the Washington Hilton up on Connecticut Avenue where President Reagan got shot back in the oh, wow. 80s Yeah, by John Hinckley, who happened to have lived in the Ardmore, Oklahoma, where I'm from. You talk about coincidence. I was just down the street that day when he was shot. And... Uh, so we met there, we got married, we had a baby, moved to Chicago, New York, LA, Philadelphia, Washington, Boston. I mean, we all over, we moved 11 times. And because I always had this, uh, you know, go where the opportunities are and people, they offered you a promotion. We just went, <laughs> we didn't worry about it. And we basically enjoyed everything, everywhere we lived. Eventually I got recruited by Disney from Marriott and went to France and lived there three years and, Ended up with a French daughter-in-law after my son graduated from college, and uh, they've been married 27 years, and Priscilla and I have been married 54 years. Wow. She said she's going to stay, so I'm feeling like maybe <laughs> it's going to work out okay. Yeah. People ask me how I'm doing. I said, nobody's in rehab, and Priscilla hadn't left me yet, so life's pretty good. That's awesome. Yeah. So. 
Um, okay, so I love hearing all the different facets of your story. So there's so many different directions to go. Um, one of the things I noticed, so the reason why I wanted you at this particular time in, I'm doing this series on the, my, on the Enough Already podcast around my favorite executives. So I sort of, I want you to anchor it, you know, like you're the, you're the final interview that's kind of wrapping up this particular series. And I think that there's a lot of reasons why, because you've been so clear on a few things since I've known you when you were working at Disney and I was an OD consultant and that you're really passionate about leadership, customer service, and time management. And those are the three things like you always come back to. Like, so where did those three pillars, like, well, tell me about those three pillars and why are they important to you? And how did you come on those three pillars? Or if I'm hearing you wrong, and if there's a fourth pillar that I missed, you know, let me know. But I always remember you with those three pillars. Well, I think uh, it came to me when I was young. I was 20 years old. I was living in Oklahoma. I knew nothing. I wasn't a good student. I didn't watch the news. I didn't read the paper. Uh, I knew I'd never been out of Oklahoma when I was 20, not anywhere. And uh, just uh, slowly but surely, I had exposure and experience to the world. And I was not, I was a good manager when I joined Hilton. I got things done, but I was not a good leader. I kind of abused my authority and tried to intimidate people because I was insecure. So I just wanted to make people do and do what I said. And so I went through that uh, and I had a little turnaround when I was about 30. I was with Marriott and got some uh, feedback from one of my uh, people that reported to me that uh, I was very intimidating. They were scared to death of me and blah, blah, blah. And I went through quite a change of working on that. And mainly my problem was insecurity, you know, insecure people raise their voice, intimidate you. They push you around, they abuse you. And I had to have a good talk with myself. I started going to classes, seminars, reading more about leaders and kind of how to figure it out. And and my big problem was I didn't trust people. I thought, you know, I didn't, obviously when your mother's married five times, you, you kind of have a trust problem. And, uh, so I finally worked my way out of that. Uh, first, I had to start giving, uh, uh, trusting people more, giving them authority, not thinking I had to approve everything. And as I did that, they did the job. And uh, I was able to let go slowly but surely. And it was affecting my marriage even because I didn't like feedback. Priscilla would try to give me feedback, which I guess a lot of men don't like feedback. Yeah, no, they and don't. <laughs> uh, we'd get into But they like to get feedback. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> we going to solve her problems. And and uh, we struggled through that. And it was mainly me, my defensiveness, you know, because I just couldn't handle somebody criticizing me. I was already insecure enough. And I finally worked my way out of that. Just slowly but surely, I had more success. And as I had more success, I got more confident. And after I finally just learned that, hey, other people can do probably do a better job than I do on many things that they're better at than I am. And it was a slow process. And as I learned that leadership is, uh, you know, you don't have to do anything. You just got to make sure it gets done. Uh, train people. Uh, I say today, hire the right people, train them and treat them right. And, uh, uh, you know, that it's just that simple. And I think raising we had a son who. Same thing. We had to let, you know, as you, you have children, you know, it's hard to let go. It's hard to give them authority, you know, when they're 16, 15, 17, going out with the guy in the car. And, and uh, as you do, the, the earlier you do that, the more you trust them, the better they turn out because uh, this trust relationship's a huge deal. And 
I would say early in my career, I had a lot of people who were not my supporters, but I got a lot of accolades because I got things done. So I got the bonus and the car and stock option, all that kind of stuff. But uh, it turned out that when I started uh, developing people and helping people understand how to be better, and I had to figure out, I had to be better first. I couldn't mm-hmm. coach people and be nicer to people, be more respectful, be more inclusive when I was. And so I had to kind of set the example myself. And when you start behaving in a certain way, you become that way. I say, you know, if you hang out in the right culture, you'll get better. I think at Disney, there's people who come to Disney and they get better. Yeah. Uh, and I think some cultures you could go to another place where and you could get worse. It's like hanging out with the wrong people in your life. You know, if you hang out with them, you eventually go along. And so I really caution people to make sure you get in the right culture and uh, around the right kind of people. And uh, it'll help you too and so i just uh, started thinking about it more and that's how i developed this focus on leadership and i think uh, being reliable and credible and keeping your promises is one thing that's how i got in time management is i'm really focused on i took a course on that i'm already a disciplined person i mean i was reliable but you can't remember everything just world's too complex now so i needed a system on how to record things write things down uh, put it in my calendar. And today there's more problems with that than ever. People are feeling really anxiety and overwhelmed with the world. There's so much coming at us. And uh, so I would tell you time management, my opinion is I tell people it's probably the first thing you ought to learn because uh, you've got to be able to handle what life brings you. And, uh, and if you can, if you're organized enough, you do the right things, you make the right decisions. And it's like Priscilla gave me three priorities after I retired. She said, Lee, your three priorities are take care of yourself so you can take care of us. Number two, take care of your family. Number three, take care of your business. And then if you have any time left over, yeah, then you can play golf or you can uh, help Kim Kardashian with her problems. But other than that, <laughs> you, you got to focus on the big things so that bad things don't happen. Can take care of yourself. You don't have to go to the emergency room. <laughs> and my grandkids adore me, so they don't want me to die. So I got to do it for them, too. You know, so it's just a concept that I finally understood that I I think the biggest problem I have or I worry about people is they underestimate what they can achieve and they underestimate the influence they have with other people every day. And I no longer do that. I know that I can have influence and I don't underestimate what I can do because I finally did it. Now it, I, it's easy for me to take risks now because I don't consider them too risky. It's risk is all in your brain. I mean, it's your brain lies to you. Half the stuff you don't do, you, it's your brain's fault. Your mother did something to you when you were little, or your husband, or and you, you get screwed up. So I tell people, forget about what your brain tells you. Just think through what you deeply believe in. And, and don't hold yourself back because all your problems are from the forehead up. I mean, literally. And just so, uh, that was something I had to deal with because this way I grew up in a dysfunctional family and I had to get a lot of that out. Yeah. So I definitely want to follow up on that. And I want to follow up on the time management. I want to go back to something that you talked about, though, with trust, because I imagine if other people are listening, because like, well, that's interesting, is that you had struggle with trusting people. But how did you overcome it? Like, I know you took some classes, but, you know, there is, as you mentioned, so much in the head and the heart from the background and other things. How do you overcome the trust issues? And then the follow up question that would go along with that is, 
But then do you expose yourself? Like there are some people that might not be trustworthy. Like, how do you balance that? So it's like, how did you overcome the trust issues? And then how do you balance trust with discernment and being wise about about people? Yeah, I I know people are going to disappoint you. And I know I don't want that to become my style because somebody might disappoint me. Um, Give most people the benefit of the doubt. And if they do, then, well, that's the way it goes. And I won't have to deal with that anymore. But I think most people uh, want to do well. They want to are trusted. Uh, I think uh, a lot of my success was learning how to hire the right people and, and, and not have the wrong people in the organization to move them out you know, hopefully with finesse and in the right way. And uh, when you get the right people uh, and you make sure they get developed and trained and teached and taught and you're clear with your expectations and you treat them respectfully, um, things start to get done. And then you say, hey, that worked okay. I didn't have to get involved in that. And in fact, today you can't because things are too complex. You want to get involved in technology and marketing and sales and, 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 and you can't. It's impossible. But if you think you're the hot stuff in the seat and you're going to tell everybody what to do and you got to get my approval and it's your first, you're not going to keep your people. They're going to leave because good people want authority and they want responsibility. And uh, it's mainly an ego problem, I think, and a trust problem. And uh, usually, uh, and I see a psychiatrist. <laughs> so, you know, I had to see the psychologist to understand where I was coming from, too, because it wasn't normal to be as defensive as I was. I mean, literally, my bosses were afraid to give me my annual review. I mean, literally, if they tried to give me anything except perfect, I kind of went over the desk. And then so they quit telling they quit giving me feedback. <laughs> but eventually I got it. And uh, so you, you got to deal with reality and you've got to you're not as good as you think you are. I'll tell you that right now. I don't care who you are uh, as a company, an organization, a person. You're not as good as you think you are. And unless you've got somebody and I have a wife who's very uh, doesn't mind telling me where I'm not as good as I think I am. And she's very and she, and I, she does it. And we have arguments over, but she does it because she loves me. She tells me all the time, you know, Lee, be careful what you say and do out there. You're the boss. You're the leader. And people are judging you. And stop, don't think that be, don't be sarcastic and don't say something inappropriate. And and she keeps going. You know, and when you have somebody telling you that for 54 years, you get better. <laughs> so yeah. because I agree with her. She's really smart and she's right. And she does it for me, not for herself. She wants me to be safe and to be. Um, and so it's just it's complicated. You've got to start. I now get more satisfaction out of helping people. And do it. I got a note today from a guy. He said I gave him good advice in 19 uh, in 2017. And he took it. And today he's the head of operations for a big organization. Wow. Because I told him to take a step down. And he did it and learned the business. And then he just kept getting promoted. He said, I'm a little late writing to you. It's been five years. But I just wanted to tell you that was the best piece of advice I ever got was to go down, learn the business and come back up. And that made my day. I wrote and said, hey, man, I love that. I'm glad that. And that's where you're going to get the real set. It's like we, when your kids are successful, that, that's going to make you happier than anything else in your life. Uh, Mothers totally worry agree. about safety, education, and security. And that's it. And uh, I want to create environments and culture where people are, well, they 
are not afraid to come and talk to me. You know, I don't want people so, running away from my car when I pull up in the morning to work. So it sounds like if I were going to talk about like this leadership pillar and what your philosophy has been and where it came from is you just kind of fell into leadership. You were in a situation where you were very defensive and it wasn't necessarily working for you anymore. You took out inventory on yourself. And it sounds like what you overcame the trust issue by being, it sounds like a little bit more um, rigorous in the hiring part, like really being very careful around who you hired and the right people and then train them. And then you can trust them rather than having a mixed bag of people that you may or may not trust as being a little bit more rigorous on the front end. It sounds like you were very rigorous about how you chose as a wife as well and being rigorous around that. And that's, is that like those two things or what, is that what helped you overcome the trust issue is being a little bit more discerning on the front end rather than the back end? It did, but also I got over, uh, I get disappointed by people all the time. They don't do what they say they're going to do. They don't follow up. They don't They tell me something, do something else. And I, I just learned to let it go. You know, uh, I have the people I trust and work together with and the ones who don't, we figure out how not to work together or you know so i used to take it really personally i mean one time i had a boss who told me lead just let's remember one thing the world does not revolve around lee cockerel i'm just giving you some good advice here and that boy that struck me because i always thought it was about me and it was never about me when my bosses were telling me something it was about the business the brother, how to take care of something but oh no i was ear criticizing lee not <laughs> so when I that was kind of a good quote that the world does not revolve around Lee. <laughs> that was I guess I thought it did. I don't know. I, I thought, and so you know it's a it's a very emotional issue uh, trust and and uh, and I think you uh, the more good success you have in it the better you do and I'm sure you know that uh, you can recover and you can and uh, I just. Uh, and I think being in the right organization, Marriott was very strong. They treated people well. They treated me well. I did well there. I got promoted. Disney was great. The environment was very uh, uh, developmental. We want you to be better. It was very clear, too. Uh, Disney, I thought, was quite open about uh, telling it like it is. You know, your boss mm-hmm. sits down with you. And, and so all of the, I think I got into the right environments, which probably helped me more than anything else into environments. You can be in an environment. I could have been in an environment where the bosses yell and scream and misbehave and kick your butt. And, and I, it would have been hard for me to not resort to that because that might have been the way they did things there. And that's how you became successful. And so it's very complicated. I don't even know if I could write a story about how to do it, but it's, uh, I think just make sure you uh, understand you can get better. It's never too late to get better, and I don't care what it's in. Uh, if you can ever admit that, you can get better. And, but you uh, need to surround yourself with people. Like it seems like the chasing one of my four, recent interviews that I did, um, the chief people diversity officer at Darden, her name is Sarah King. She did a podcast interview a couple of episodes ago. She said the secret to success is chase leaders, chase cultures. And if you chase leaders, chase cultures, everything will come together. Would you agree with that? 
Absolutely. And I think, you know, what we forget, if you're a person in charge, uh, you have that responsibility to create the culture, not the people below. You know, it's like your kids don't create the culture. You do. Uh, it's not their job. And when they have a problem, you deal with it. You don't send them to the neighbors. I mean, and I think that's true. I, uh, for, when I walk in my house, I can make the culture better or worse. Mm-hmm. When I get out of my car in the morning and at a job, I can go in and I can make it p- positive or I can make it negative. I mean, literally, we see that over and over from people. And I think being aware of the power you have to make things better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because you can easily make them worse. Uh, and so, uh, so I'm so, aware of that. So from a leadership tip standpoint, it sounds like number one is like deal with your own stuff that keeps you from being the a, a good type of leader. Second is put yourself in a good environment. Third is like definitely hiring right and training people and giving them autonomy is is another one and making sure every day you're being cognizant of the culture that you're creating through your own energy, how you show up. Those seem to be some of the important things to you. Well, they are. And I think it's not, it's about hiring in the workplace, but you know, even uh, pe- uh, people that don't, or moms that stay home or dads that stay home, they create that culture of the same and it's no different. And I tell parents, if your kids are not successful and you fail at that leadership job, that's the worst kind of thing that can happen to be aware that your influence is felt all the time. Better. I, I saw a quote one recently said, every person who knows you sees you different. And you, they, you, they don't even see you the way you see yourself. Your impact, the person you didn't call back, the person you did this with, we all have a, can you imagine, I wonder how many perceptions of you there are. Right. Of things that have happened and who they are and your mother-in-law and your father-in-law. And, what, um, and I'm very aware of that today. Be careful what you say and do because uh, people are easily misjudging you for, you know, if I walk by, I'm not paying attention, don't speak to you. They decide why I did they don't ask me why I didn't speak. They, they say, well, he must not like women or he must not like gay people or he must not like black people. No, you got to you got to be pay attention. You got to pay attention with the kids. You got to pay attention to work, yeah, especially if you're a leader. You, you're the center. They're watching you <laughs> and they're taking their leads from you. And role modeling is one of the best ways to be a good leader. I know your kids learn from you. They work everything. They watch you. They know what you I mean. They, right. There's so, some people say, well, the kids are asleep. I said, kids are never asleep. They are always know what's going on. <laughs> so we got to have that impact on them. And I, I'm aware of that to behave and, and to pay attention and not be preoccupied and try to uh, be aware that I have influence and I want to use it in a positive way. Yeah. It seems like then it extends into other aspects of your life as well, like that awareness, like you've been very vocal on social media, on causes that you care about. And it's like, it seems like whatever, what, um, whatever your arena is, it's using your voice and you're using your energy for good and what you believe in. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, I speak out about politics and it annoys people about abortion and about women's rights and a lot of people get really annoyed, but uh, I can't be quiet. I mean, I, I there's too many people that are quiet right now, too much silence. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can tell when I post something that's controversial, hardly anybody comments. When I post something like Priscilla and I had a nice birthday party, like 3,000 people. Oh, yeah. And that, that silence is, you know, this can come back to haunt us in a big, big way. 
just because, you know, uh, your life is good and you have a nice marriage and you have income and all. So I'll just keep quiet. And this is, as you already know, probably this is going to bite a lot of people. It, and it happens incrementally, just a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. It's like I got better slowly. And the U.S. can go downhill slowly, and it happens. So I think speak out. I, I don't have uh, – people don't like it. That's not my problem. <laughs> I, you know, now, could I have done that while I was at Disney? No. But now I can. Um, I, You know, so when you can, you should. And if you can't, you know, I'm not saying you should – uh, put your income at risk or but uh, you got to sort that stuff out of how big your beliefs are it's kind of like what are you committed to one thing you're committed to are your children you'll do anything for them you don't care what anybody thinks and so I'm getting I have to think about what I'm committed to and I'm, like this women's rights I, my wife and I boy that's it. We don't, okay. And we have friends that we have family members we can't talk to because they're so crazy about, uh, oh, well, this and that about women. And, that, you know, well, it starts this way. One thing leads to another. And uh, so at least when we die, we can put on, we said what we thought. So nobody can say. <laughs> and that's how I feel better about that. I don't want to be quiet. I don't want to be quiet. And I know I grew up and I grew up poor and I know the people are going to be punished by this are poor people. I mean, they really are. I mean, most of us don't have any idea how they live. I mean, you can't even imagine what poverty and, uh, and lack of choices. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't fly to California for an abortion. You can't fly to people have not even been out of Orlando and they wouldn't know how to get out of there. So it's sad. But anyway, so it sounds it. like you you definitely have overcome the defensiveness and <laughs> using that leadership, because I would say as somebody who is on your one of your Facebook friends, like your leadership, you know, it has been a comforting type of thing. Like I thought, you know, obviously you were a leader of mine when I was at Disney, but having your leadership post Disney in that kind of environment. So you continue to lead from that standpoint. Um, I want to bring up another aspect that I'm kind of hearing is a thematic type of thing underneath uh, this part here and what you started getting into with your time management is the importance of integrity and being what doing what you say you're going to do and being forthright. It, it seems like that's what the time management is about, is being a person of of your word. Is that I, am I hearing that right or is that just I'm reading yeah. into it? For me, I believe deeply that unless you're reliable and credible and do what you say you're going to do and keep your promises, even though you have good intentions, uh, people will, uh, you're not leading in a way that uh, gives people uh, uh, encouragement. I mean, because when you don't do what you say you're going to do, or you don't follow up, or I don't call you back, or I, I don't keep, I give you a promise and I don't keep it. You don't know that I'm just disorganized. You know, you don't know he had good intentions. You're thinking, well, yeah, this guy, he talks about it. Yeah, he didn't do it. Uh, and this is the problem. People decide who you are. They decide who you are by your actions. And uh, I love this quote. It says, you're not a, a product of your circumstances. You're a product of your decisions. You're where you should be mm. because of the decisions you made. And I'm sure you've thought about that in your life. Mm -hmm. You get where you are because of the that road and they took that road and you did that you shouldn't have gone there and bingo here's where we are 
And uh, so when you start making better decisions and uh, you just have more success. And uh, I think those decisions probably need to be based on your ethics and honesty and principles. And then you, it's easier when you know what your principles are, it's easy to make decisions. <laughs> it's not right. as hard as when you're thinking about what's in it for me. And can I get more money for this? And can I manipulate this person? And no, then decisions are harder. And uh, people know. Everybody knows who they can trust, who they can't. I mean, everybody knows. You know, I know. Uh, they think we don't know. We know. That's true. So, <laughs> so I, I want to be who people think I am. I remember your class at Disney on time management. How do you see time management as a topic that you're teaching on? How has it evolved over the years? Yeah, uh, I used to think, I I think that I, I thought time management was the most important thing. And I think it, it's a, it's a cousin of decision making. You know, I used to, maybe deci the decisions you make may be more important even than time management because that can take you down the wrong path. But I just think it's a system. It's a system, you know. Every company has systems, accounts payable, receivables. There's a way to do it, there's a way not to do it. And there's the Disney way, and there's the Marriott way, and there's a Costco way. And there's, for my life, there, I'm my own company. There's my leeway, and I have a system. So people can believe that I will actually follow the system. And if I tell you something, I'm going to do it. So I have a system, make sure I get back to customers. I answer my phone. I, I get back to people quickly. I... Uh, well, the system keeps me organized. I don't try to remember everything because I can't. So if I tell you I'm going to call you back uh, in uh, December, I'm going to flip over here and write it down right now. And I'm not going to forget because if I do, uh, you, know, you would say, what the guy, you know, he said he was going to call me. He didn't call. You don't know why I didn't do that. And you will have a different uh, reputation for me. You know, people say reputations who people think you are your character is who you really are. <laughs> mm -hmm. So a lot of people are putting on a good show. We think they're just the most perfect, wonderful person, but uh, reputation is only what other people see. <laughs> so right. the leadership really for you seems like it begins with self-leadership and being a person of integrity and, and really being conscious Absolutely. of your environment and how you're showing up. Time management seems to be about the system that you use that's almost like the the mechanism by which that leadership can be expressed. That's where wrong. does, where does the um, customer service passion come in and your passion for, you know, I see your book behind you, the creating magic and the customer rules. Like that's a, a huge driver for you. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's kind of the uh, piece that says uh, if you're in business, you, uh, you must be in business to get somebody to pay you, <laughs> to give you money. So if I keep my promises, do what I say I'm going to do, I provide them the right resources, I follow up, I keep in touch, uh, people are going to give me more money, you know, Be because I'm giving them something. And that's the one comment I get from people all the time is, I can't believe you answered your phone. I can't believe you called me right back. A group the other day, a book club called me and because in my book, it says, call me if you want, because being one of the things in customer services is to be available. Don't make it like torture to try to get a hold of somebody you want to spend money with. And he said, oh, we just wanted to check and see if you really answered your phone. We couldn't believe it. I said, well, you know, <laughs> they say, why do you do that? I say, because I book more business. 
When you answer your phone, you book, people don't wait today. If they don't get a hold of me, they may need somebody next week. They'll call somebody else if I don't mm-hmm. pick up the phone. And so I think being available and when you're organized, you can be available. If you're organized, you're not running around crazy wondering what you, I know exactly what I do and don't do every day. I mean, it goes right in here and I'm not, I get them checked off and I get them done and that's it. I know where I stand by the end of the day. So I might have to work a little bit more tonight or get up earlier in the morning, but I always know what I've committed to and did I do it or did I not do it? And uh, so it forces you to, do what you got to do to keep your promises. And uh, it's just, it's a pretty simple system. You know, just write it down. If I tell you I'm going to call you next August, I will flip over there and I call you. I mean, it's like, this is so basic. Uh, and I need a simple system because, uh, you know, in the early days, you can remember a lot. Today, you can't remember half of what you need to do or who you, what right. you committed to, what do you got to do for your kids, your family, your parents, your grandparents, your career, uh, buying your house, moving, uh, getting your 401k right. And I mean, it's just never ending. It is never ending. I said, people say, what do you think we're put on earth for? I said, I think we're only put here to overcome obstacles from the morning we wake up till the we go to sleep. And if you can learn to overcome obstacles, and a lot of that is just tell the truth, get to the point, tell people, you know, don't. I had a guy write to me yesterday and he said he had four people problems since he went to our leadership class. And he said, you ask how we handled them. And he said, I sat down and told him the truth and it got resolved. Wow. <laughs> Whether you're coming to work or not, just sit down and deal with it like your mother would. Your mother doesn't care if you're happy or not. She's tell you she's not waiting for your annual review she's gonna kick butt right now and uh, we we try to make it too complicated if i see another qr code i'm gonna throw up you know <laughs> i mean i don't god if you want something today you got to do it yourself i'm trying to make it easy on people i ask the phone i talk to them when people send me an email i call them i don't i don't want any misunderstandings through email and texting i call them that shocks them and uh Getting back to the old stuff, write it down and talk to people, <laughs> meet so, with them and be nice to them. Why do you think so many companies have a hard time focusing on the customers? I can't tell you how many times I, I deal when I help people with their branding process. The hardest thing yeah. that I deal with is having them identify who is their client. Like, why do you think so many companies are not customer centric? Because they have too many CFOs and not a C, enough COOs. Oh, put some more. If they had more people like Jim McPhee and others, George Caligridis, uh, you got to have both, but they should be equal. You know, and today I saw a company I'm about to do some work for. They got the CFOs, an executive vice president in the company, the head of director of operations running the business is a director. Right. Why? I mean, and I guarantee you today, People are going to become a lot more important than the CFO because literally the front line makes the bottom line and try to go to a store without those people out there on the front line and they stay and they don't quit. We had lunch today at a little restaurant for some time and a little lady we were talking to, she's going off to be a lawyer at Florida University. She's about 18. She said she's quit so many jobs because she gets treated like crap. She said they asked me to clean the tables, like uh, order me like I'm a slave. And she said, all they got to do is say, would you clean the tables? I don't know why these bosses are so uh, uptight and then ordering you around and not treating you respectfully. And that's the key. Today, young people won't stay. They, You treat them bad, they leave. That's it. 
and they should. And so I think we've had this tipping point and a lot of people are still trying to do it the old way. And this is not going to go away. This is not going away. This is a big change and, and the leadership better adjust, not the people. And, uh, so we'll see. And I'm working with a lot of companies right now are having a lot of trouble. You're not, you, you got to quit telling people what to do because you've got to include them and you got to include them early and you've got to listen to them and their opinion counts and you got to make sure they know they have a career and future. You're going to train them. You're going to develop them and, and they'll stay. So but, it sounds like even though the world has gotten complex and things are changing, your principles just seem simple and timeless. It seems like you're going back to what you learned when you were 30 years old and how <laughs> telling people what to do and not trusting them doesn't work. Hire, not hiring the right people doesn't work. So it still goes back to deal with yourself. Then you hire the right people. You train them. You give them autonomy and trust them. And then you continue on with making sure that you're efficient and use processes so that you could do that so that everybody together in the organization could serve the customer, which is where you make your money. It seems like that's the formula and it doesn't seem that complex in some I ways. I think it's always been that way, probably 3,000 years ago. <laughs> so why do we make it so complex? Like why, what, what is it that gets in the way? Uh, for men, ego egotistical um actually this young lady and priscilla agreed today that more women should be running the world and less men and uh, and i think i agree with that you know i had you know i worked with meg and i worked with aaron wallace and I, they were like fabulous and uh they got the job done you know i think women are worried about today men are worried about 20 years from now or 10 years and mothers are worried about now and i think that's the problem we need to worry about the people in front of us now not what may be, and, and everybody wants to matter. And we've got to make sure people know they matter. And the best way to people know they matter is to tell them. And I found out that with Priscilla, it's better when I tell her I love her before she asks. And, uh, you know, people want to feel, people don't feel like they matter today. We get, we treat them like a product, like, uh, uh, you know, get the tables clean, not you know, be respectful. And this is just, a, it's a, you know, excellence is a state of mind. You either have it and you really believe in other people and you want to help other people and then you'll get what you probably wanted. But uh, it has switched. It's changed. I've seen it. I saw my grandson. He's a biomedical engineer in Boston. He was with a small company. The leadership was shaky. He left. Uh, he's with a great company now. He's got promoted twice. My granddaughter, she's the same. She's like, yay. They told uh, my granddaughter had a uh, her boss came to her and said, I, you need to develop something for Pride Month so we can put it out on the Internet and advertise it. She said, no. She's she, he said, what do you mean? No. She said, we don't do anything all year long. We don't say anything about it. We're not. Pro I'm not doing it. He said, OK, wow. <laughs> you know, and. I'm just going like I when I was her age, I would have been terrified to say something like that. Not anymore. These kids, you know, and you know yeah. that these generations—they're so interesting. Nobody's going to push them around. So and, you've been an executive for many years, and now you're a consultant, you're a speaker, you're a coach, you're a trainer. Like, why do you, so why do you, why do organizations hire you in this capacity versus how they used to hire you to run things? Well, Why do they I think, need you? Yeah, I think uh, certainly working for Disney, and they say everybody knows Disney does a fabulous job, and they want to know how. 
And I tell them if they pay me, I'll tell them. <laughs> and so, and I think a lot of my success is Marriott and Disney. Uh, everybody, that's you know, if if he did that for all those years, he must know something. And I tell him, I know more than you do. I'm old. I've been around, and I can help you. And I guarantee you, uh, after I, I'm not coming to speak to your group or pre- preach to them, I'm going to come and I'm going to work with them. And when I leave. Uh, you'll know what to do, whether you do it or not, because the only thing holding people back from being great is discipline. The only people holding people back from being healthy is discipline. People don't have enough discipline. They know what to do. People know, but they don't want to hear it because it's hard. Right. And people don't like to do hard things. Why don't people exercise? Because it's hard. <laughs> people don't have hard conversations because it's hard. But, and uh, it, just think about it. if you I tell people right now, you've got two, three hard things. I'm sure you've been through this hard things in your life that you need to deal with. And when you deal with it, your life changed. When you deal with it, make it go away. Then you work on the next one. Could be a relationship. It could be a going back to school. It could be having a hard conversation. It could be moving to Colorado. <laughs> it could be when you make the decisions and that no longer keeps you awake at night. Boom. And then you keep get so then you have a I now don't let those begin. I deal with them right now. You know, somebody brings me a problem. I deal with before I go to bed because I don't want to wake up in the middle of night thinking about it. And I used to like, oh, I don't know. It might hurt their feelings. Uh, I don't know. how. No, I just like, hey, here's what you, you know, go jump off the roof. I'm not helping you get out. And then I'm done. And so, I think that being uh, having more courage to help other people's lives and to help your own. So, courage. so it sounds like then you give best people some best practices that they can feel confident and so that they could have more courage to do the discipline of what they know they need to do anyway. So it's not like you're going in and telling them what to do. You're using your best practices to reinforce what they already knew they needed to do. So now they have the courage to go forward and that's how you create change in organizations. I tell them to write down two things. One, people who should not be in their organization and they haven't dealt with them or they need to have a talk with them. And also two or three problems they have in their own life that they haven't dealt with. them. Then I just, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? And that really gets a lot of people. And maybe you can't deal with it. Maybe you got to go get help. Maybe you got to go ask somebody to help you or get a coach you know, like working out. I have a coach because I I hate to do it. I wouldn't do it unless I had mm-hmm. it scheduled. The night before, <laughs> so go back I wish to the he, time management. Yeah, the night before, I wish he had just something would happen to him, so I don't have to do it in the morning. <laughs> but we do it because we schedule. Priscilla does it with me, and we've learned you got to schedule your priorities, or they won't get done. Because your brain will tell you no. You know, instead of exercise, your brain will tell you go to the fridge, right. go to the couch. Uh, no. And once you start doing it, everything's hard before it's easy. And that's why you got to force through hard things. Everything's hard before it's easy. And I used to take the easy route. I was afraid to talk to people, tell them the truth. Uh, I mean, I, I was insecure. I didn't know how to do it. And you just got to do it. And then the more you do it, the better you get at it. It's like, uh, you know, you know that. The more mm-hmm. longer you're in your business, the better you get at it. Yeah. 
When you and have a tough customer, you get better for the next customer. It's like, and I, I totally agree with you on it's harder before it's easier. I remember when I was moving from consulting into this mentoring business and I was trying to figure out like how to do digital marketing and landing pages and it would drive me crazy. I would get so frustrated. And I had a friend tell me at that point, he's like, well, maybe you're supposed to just do it yourself because I was trying to hire it out. I'm like, okay, I could do it myself. And something that took me like weeks to work on, like a single landing page, like I could do it in an hour, you know, and I can, I can do it and I can do it really well. I can write copy now. I'm really good copywriter and I'm really good at these things, but you're right. It was not easy at the beginning. And then the thing that's so interesting is like, I actually, like, I don't consult anymore. I love branding and marketing. And it's so funny because my house is on the market. And so I have like my, my, uh, my marketing mindset. So my realtor is great, but then I decided well, because I've been looking for houses, I'm like, I think I could probably tweak this copy a little bit. Maybe I could do some things. So we went from one day, like no showings to like three showings. And now we have like a potential offer. I'm like, this is fun. And so I think that there's something about the, um, about the opportunity of doing something hard and it, that it's harder before it's easier, but then it does get easier. And it seems like maybe when you go into organizations, you kind of validate that it's like some things are hard or some things are obvious. It's like they're, they're easy to do, but they're hard to implement because of whatever the mental stuff is that you have to get over. Right. It seems like you get in there and you just reinforce like these are the things you could do. It's possible. This is how Disney does it. And it's not rocket science. This is how Marriott does it. It's not <laughs> rocket science. You could easily do it. When you go into organizations, is your best fit with them is to do speaking or do you do more coaching? Like what's your what's your favorite type of client engagement? Yeah, well, I did one with Novartis Pharmaceutical for a week. We did sessions every day with different levels. We got rid of all the tables. We put us all in a circle where nobody could hide. Nobody could look at their phone. And we knew if somebody wasn't participating and we really forced the hard questions and made people talk about it. And so that's one kind. I just did one in Nashville last week, and it was uh, like an hour and a half of talking about it and talking about these hard things, saying, okay, guys, think about the people you should not have in your company. Think about, are you hiring people as well as you should, really? Are you training people as well as you could and should, really? Write that down. And giving them some hard stuff. I tell them I speak, I preach, I teach. <laughs> you can you can uh, take it any way you want it. But I try to make sure I give them solutions. Okay, you got the wrong person. Here's what you do. I would be like this. Somebody said, you call your mother and you say, Mom, I got this guy working for me. He comes to work late every day. What should I do? I just don't, you know. She said, well, have you talked to him? <laughs> you go, well, no. <laughs> I said, well, talk to him. And you do, and you call her back in a month, say, he's still not coming in. What should I do? She said, fire him. <laughs> I mean, most, you know what to do. People know what to do. They don't want to do it. And uh, and companies are not always supportive either. They all play in the political game, the discrimination game. I'm going to hurt somebody's feeling. We're going to get sued. HR, heavy HR, uh, you know. And I tell people HR is for regulations. If you work for me, I'm your HR manager <laughs> and I'll help. I'll take care of you. And uh, so we got to just help them rethink because people come out of all these great schools and they're all learning this kind of business stuff, but not people stuff. Uh, Every problem you have in your life will be a person. It'll never be the house. It'll never be the car. It'll be a, somebody is going to do something. 
that creates an obstacle in your life. So it sounds like the best kind of clients for you are the ones who will value your years of wisdom, but give you an opportunity to solve real problems. Like you will, you're different as a speaker. You're not just going to stand up on a platform and just say stuff. You want to interact with with real problems and give real solutions to your clients. I I do. And I don't use any charts. I don't put anything on the screen. I don't prepare. We get into it. I kind of have something in my head about going through the different layers of what you ought to be focused on. And then occasionally I stop and I say, okay, you heard me talk for half an hour. Take 10 minutes and figure out at your table, what should you do in your own company? What do you guys need to do? You just heard it. Do you agree with it? And then, and Daniel, my son does a lot of that of stopping, let them work together and try to evaluate what they just heard. How can we put that? Or how can we do that better? And I think uh, both styles work. Depends how much time you have. Sometimes you want to speak. So I give them a pretty hard, bam, 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 same stuff. Uh, it's not like uh, at the end of the speech, I want them to know they have to do something. Everybody in the room, not just the CEO, each one of you are contributing to this problem. And, uh, you know, you is the word. You. Do you understand? So, you. <laughs> like your mother used to say, do you understand what I just told you? Right. <laughs> What are you going to do about it? If people wanted to get a hold of you, did they go to your website, I would assume? What's your website address? LeeAtLeeCockerell.com. And that's it. I put everything in one place because I'm getting old. I might forget where it is. So I just know it's all there. And uh, That's funny. So so if somebody gets on your website, are they going to be able to get information on how to contact you? Like, is there like... They'll get my name, my address, my phone number, my email... And then they can test to see if you fulfill your promise that you're accessible. Absolutely. And if I don't, on my email, it says, or my voicemail, it says, if I didn't answer the phone, I'm either asleep or on a plane. And when I get off, I'll call you. And I get back to people, and they're shocked because that's the way I had a competitive advantage. Just a little thing like getting in touch with people right away. I mean, it's unbelievable. And right. they, think you're, they think you're God. Oh, my God, do you believe the guy called me back? I mean, that used to be normal. <laughs> yeah right that was normal yeah. so, so i think uh trusting p- people saying well I, i'm gonna like working with this guy i have less work to do because he does what he says he's gonna do i don't have to follow up i don't have, i said people say when can i get a contract from you and i said i don't know 15 minutes i'm like oh, really yeah and you'll get the invoice too quicker than that when i'm done so you can <laughs> but we have fun with that stuff and you got to tell people what they're already thinking they already know what their problems are and people got to hear reality. They don't need to hear. You know, I'll tell you, young people today, they don't want to hear any theory about it. They want to hear, how do you do it? How do you fire somebody? How do you hire people? How do you sit down and have a conversation? How do you start the conversation? The kids don't want to hear. They want reality. Don't give me a professor 40 years ago talking to about ABC and square one and that right-hand box. <laughs> no, that's, that's not They want to know the how-tos. Yeah, do you, if you want to go that, back... If you're going to go back in time to that 30 year old self who was super defensive, you know, and was, you know, just learning about leadership, you know, based on everything that you know now, what would you tell that 30 year old self? Well, I thought I was hot stuff and I was doing well. I was being taken care of because that was kind of the style back then. I would tell myself to, uh, you know, get over yourself. When you become a big deal, don't. And today I learned. Every day I read every day, I get new ideas. I get, I, I mean, um, 
I was not a reader. I didn't keep up with what was going on. And today I, 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 I love reading and I love learning and points of view and another way to say it, another way to do it and what other people are doing. And, and uh, this whole thing has kind of become a slogan and life learner, but it's true. If you want to be more and do more, you got to know more. Mm. And I think you and I both know that because we know more than we did 10 years ago. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, I know more than I did 10 minutes ago because I learned so much from you. It's it's always yeah. going to be harder before it gets easier. I'll definitely remember that one. It is. And whatever you want to do, it may take a year or two. But that somebody asked me, how do you write a book? I said, you get up every day and you write. <laughs> and I did my books, 8.30 to 10.30 every day, seven days a week. Sometimes I got brain dead and I couldn't keep going. I'd stop. But every day it was in my schedule. And I got done. And uh, so this goes the biggest back problem to with authors today, most authors are not finishing their product, not getting it in to the editors. And, um, you know, it's just the same old thing. If you want to do it, schedule it. It just depends on how much uh, discipline you have in your life to stay focused so and push through. Is there anything you'd want to tell me about leadership, consulting, organizations? And I just simply didn't ask you the right question. Well, I think the only thing as a consultant or even a speaker, I think sometimes they think they want a keynote speaker. And I tell them, that's not what you need. You need somebody that will understand, what do you want? Why are you hiring me? What do you want your people to do after I speak to them? Uh, how can I, what is your biggest problem? How do you want me to solve it? People just want their problem solved. And I'm going to, I don't care how hard your problem, tell me, what is it? What is it? Let's talk about it. What is your personal problem? You know, do you have a problem with uh, conflict? Uh, what What are you unhappy about in your company? What What kinds of things can I say? The audience will get up and say, hey, Monday morning, they're going to do some of the things you'd like for them to do. And they heard it not from you, and they didn't hear it from their mother. They heard it from some guy from Disney, and I like Disney, so he must be right. You know, just I try to solve their problem. And sometimes I got a guy right now, he thinks my fee's too high. And I wrote him a note this morning. I said, he said, what would you charge me to give me another hour and a half? I said, the same as I gave you for the day. I don't work by the hour. I work by the 50 years it took me to learn this stuff. And he may hire me, he may not. But, you know, people are, this is a big deal to get your people turned around and get a, a culture where people know what they're doing, what they should be doing. And keeping your team, keeping people that are committed, you know, that's, and I think they we've got to drive them there instead of cost cutting and we got to do this and take this away. And I went to a restaurant yesterday. They've taken two or three things away. I used to go there for lunch all the time. I was really, you know, because they're trying to, and that's a tricky, that's a tricky process is to take things away because I came there because of the things they had and the cup and people in businesses, they want to work in companies that, where they wake up in the morning and want to go to work, not have to go. You know that. I mean, we all wake up in the morning and look at our calendar. Sometimes the days we wish we'd go back to bed. And those days when we, I mean, I would say 99% of the time I woke up, and was happy to go to Disney. Because on mm -hmm. balance, it was great. Were there moments? Sure. But on balance, I tell people, I have a marriage. You know, on balance, it's good. We have our moments, <laughs> but on balance. And uh, I think that's how life works. Uh, you get up and uh, I want people to want to come to work, not have to come. Because so I've been there. You hated your job. 
So it seems like for consulting, like there's a wrap up, the main things that you would say is focus on focus on is instead of worrying about like, how much am I going to charge for a speaking hour or whatever that is solve problems. And a big problem that companies would have is like, well, how do I create environments that people are enjoying that serving the customer, get it back down to basics and focus much more, get the ego out of it, focus on solving problems and getting paid for solving problems and focus on really helping that then one of those problems is hiring the right people, creating the right environment so that they can be successful by doing just some of these no brainer, obvious things. Absolutely. I mean, it's that simple. It is really wow. that simple and we need to get away from QR codes and get back to talking to people. <laughs> you know? so it all goes back down to like, make it easy for people to do like the human to human connection. And if we can get back to that human to human connection, everything resolves. And people are excited about that now. People want to be with people. I'm yeah. telling you, they want to. Because wow. isolation, when you're isolated, that's not good for you mentally or for your health. I mean, literally being isolated. And you saw a lot of elderly people who were isolated who died. Or they got a dog or a cat. Or I mean, people need people. And I don't care what they say. Just working from home, this will last a while. But people need to get out. And they need to go meet and have drinks together and lunch and this is, yeah. Yep. So well, anyway, you're doing you great. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I've got so much out of it. I'm trying to figure out like which of the nuggets I'll have to go back and listen again and say, because there's so many nuggets that you dropped. So yeah. I definitely appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Donna. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire on you, please rate and review Enough Already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at BetsyJordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y and you'll learn all about our end-to-end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait. Start today. <laughs>